So guys, you know, welcome and thank you for joining us. It's a special day, 12-12-12. Not going to see that again for another 100 years, right? No kidding. Years. My mind's going uh, blank here. It's 100 years. Oh, we got to kill the audio here. Oh, crap. We're hearing ourselves. Yeah, I don't want to hear yeah. myself. Please, stop. Oh, There's some static. There's some static going on. <laughs> that right there, my friends, is the adorable and ever... Ever a wonderful Matthew Barron of San Diego Paranormal Eye. My name is Daniel Scott, and I am from SanDiegoHaunted.com. And he does like to lie a lot. I do indeed. <laughs> well, Matt, it's fun to have you back again. It seems like it's only been uh, 15 days, in fact, since our last podcast. Can yeah, you believe no. it? Seriously. And I would like to tell you that we're probably not recording this session, are we? I have no <laughs> idea. That's, that's all you. Yeah, we are indeed. So... You know, I want to let everyone know that uh, some news came out this week, and we're just going to touch on that briefly, that uh, for those that do not know, um, Ghost Hunter, ex-Ghost Hunter, um, from the original Ghost Hunters, yep. and I think he did star in one season of uh, Ghost Hunters International. Yeah, he did do a little bit of guest appearances here and there. Um, Brian Harnois? Yes. That's, I'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce the name. Brian Harnois did ha- did uh, produce a suicide note on Facebook this week, yep. Sunday night, and... Uh, Went missing for several hours. He had his phone turned off, and luckily, by the grace of God, he didn't do anything insane or crazy, and you know was found and has turned himself in for some help, which I think he needs. Yeah, hundred percent. And uh, you know, there's I think I had the most visitors ever to my website just because of that. No kidding. Yeah, twenty-five thousand pages. Wow. Just because of that article I wrote about him being missing. So that sure goes to show that, you know, a majority of people out there really care in the paranormal community about our fellow paranormal investigators. And, you know, our, our hearts go out to his family. He has two little kids that, you know, desperately need him by their side. And uh, we pray that he gets all the help in a, necessary to him and his family. 100%, yeah. Um, so, man, once again, it's good to have you here again. You know, I can't see my screen, so I'm going to go ahead and pull that up. Yeah, that's... Do that. <laughs> <laughs> so we talked a little bit briefly last time about you know what it takes to you know be a founder of a paranormal team, you know what goes into it, and um, I know we got we got some questions here. You know I'm thinking about asking you. Okay, <laughs> why not? You know, <laughs> as a founder, Matt, you know what kind of things should someone think of and plan when starting a new team? Well, first of all, you know, like we were saying last week or the last time, you know, it takes a lot of time. First and foremost, you have to be, you know, dedicated to what you're doing. You have to, you know, set your goals. What do you, does your team want to do? What do you want to see happen? Uh, me, example, you know, I'm not looking for the TV show. I'm not looking for fame or fortune. I just, I'm here to help. Now, also, you know, some groups out there, they want to just go out and investigate, you know, public areas and stuff like that. You know, do you want to do residential? Do you want to go to businesses? You know, how are you going to promote? How are you going to advertise yourself? And you have to get all that in planning. And then once you get all that set up, you got to figure out how are you going to recruit new investigators? How are you going to, you know, what kind of people are you looking for to bring on? Are you looking for spiritualists? Are you looking for realists? Are you looking for a mix? You know, it, it takes a lot of time and effort to, to start a team. And um, you've been, like we said before, you've been doing this for a year, a little bit more than a year and a half, I believe, right around there. Yeah, that's what they tell me. And, uh, you know, how do you feel about this year versus last year? I mean, last year you were, you were nobody, really. You know, not yeah. to not to <laughs> choose my words unwisely, but, <laughs> you know, you were pretty much an unknown in the paranormal community. You know, people might have seen you floating around, you know, in Presidio Park and 
some other locations. Yeah. What exactly, you know, you know, how are you today better than you were last year? Well, to be honest, you know, last year I was going through a lot, you know, in my personal life, and, you know, I didn't know which direction I wanted to do. Did I want to, you know, for example, stay out in California? Did I want to go back to Pennsylvania, where I'm from? Did I, you know, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. Um, when my ex-co-founder and I, when we started this, you know, team up, I thought, okay, well, maybe we'll run with it for a little bit, and it was a good little idea, and it just kind of catapulted itself to what it is today, and, you know, now I actually feel like I'm doing something good. I feel like, you know, I can help people, and I can give people that understanding that they don't have, and I can bring a little more reality to the paranormal community, and if anything else, help. Well, well, well said. You know, um, you started doing a lot of recruiting this year. We've seen a lot of press releases come out this year about looking for uh, new people, as well as Craigslist ads and other various venues. You know, when you start this recruiting process, what qualities are you looking for in your investigators? Well, first of all, I'm looking for someone who knows how to have fun. Um, you know, SCPE, you know, other teams out there, they focus mainly on investigating and strict business. You know, with me, I like a different variety of person. I like someone who we can hang out with, you know, they get along great with my guys, but at the same time, you know, know what's going on and know what it takes or who can learn. So that's a great student mentality. Um, also, I'm looking for people who, you know, whenever time comes up, who can step up and get down to business, but at the same time have that understanding and compassion that I do for what we do. So, I mean, we're, I don't, you know, I don't care about experience, first and foremost. I mean, a brand new guide to the paranormal field, you know, someone who sees some of the movies and says, oh, that may be cool, I'd be more than happy to take them over someone who has, say, 15, 20 years of paranormal experience. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. You know, the longer you've been in the paranormal community also means usually the more cynical you are towards the paranormal community. And uh, people that come off the street tend to be better um, blank slate, so to speak, for you to mold into, you know, a future, you know, the future paranormal investigators of tomorrow. Does that sound about correct to you? Yeah, that's pretty much right on target. Okay. Um, now, this year has been, uh, I mean, I can't believe it's already the end of the year. Can you believe oh it? Oh, my gosh. Where is it going? Um, where do you see yourself 2013? You know, are you going to have a new team? Are we going to be looking at the same team? Is it, and what changes are going to happen? Well, there are going to be some inner team stuff, which I, to me personally, no offense to everybody listening in, I, I really don't want to get into. That's SDPE's uh, yeah, Well said. But there are going to be, you're going to see a different SDPE. Um a lot more investigations, a lot more training, a lot more fun, more importantly, and a little bit more structure. Um, we've gotten away from a couple of things, and we're going to just kind of snap back and get back to you know the SCP that everybody seems to know and love. Um, as far as <clears throat> where the team's going to be, I don't know. I mean, that depends on you know who's still who's on board, who I bring on board, um, who we meet. So I'm pretty much just open. I just am excited to get get started. No, definitely, you know, I, I think that you're, in, you know, every paranormal group, and I've said this before, has to take a step back to take a step forward. And, you know, there's a rebuilding phase, and we go through cycles in paranormal teams, and 
you know, you take your highest moment, you know, which uh, I think was back in October probably for you. Yeah. And you go down to, you know, the slump period, which is November, December for most paranormal groups because the only spirit people want to hear about during the holidays is either the alcohol kind or (laughs) the holy or something of those natures. Yeah. And uh, not so much about the haunted paranormal and phenomena. Um, Do you plan on doing some, some video, maybe? You know, I would really like to. I know uh, this past year we were discussing about making a YouTube video or maybe even doing um, some kind of webcast, kind of like how we're doing now, but make it into an actual investigation. Maybe some way we could set up, you know, wireless webcam, something like that. We were discussing about it. Um, but pretty much I'm just going to take it as it goes. I mean, if we get the opportunity to do a video, I'd love to. So, I mean, I just think more importantly we should do... Uh, I'm thinking about doing a video for just SDPEs, just kind of put on the website, just to kind of give an explanation more in depth on who SDPE really is. Well, I think that that would be, you know, a wonderful thing. I'd be totally excited to see something like that. You ever think you're going to branch out from just, you know, ghosts and look into other paranormal fields, such as cryptozoology or UFOs? I've heard it mentioned before from past members that they were interested in doing UFO studies. You know, we are do have some wonderful places in San Diego where you can, you know, still see, you know, go out for the night and uh, not have to look at the city, see the city lights from a distance. Mm-hmm. Is that something you guys may be interested in doing in the future? Um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind having a division of that, maybe just a strict group of investigators just for that. Um, but as far as, you know, SCP itself right now, mm, Maybe, maybe not. It all depends. It all depends on, you know, my situation, what the team situation is. I, you know, i got to think of my guys first. I mean, I don't want to give them too much, you know, to handle all at once. So, do you have any clients in, in the mix? Anyone you can talk, tell us about or anything that's going on that's, you know, going to happen at the, before the end of this year? Before the end of the world, I should say. <laughs> you know, we, we do have the 21st coming up. <laughs> yeah. Um... I do have some possibilities coming down the pipeline. Um, obviously, for confidentiality purposes, I, I can't discuss names or anything like that. But, yeah, I do have a couple that who are in mind, um, not only residentials, but businesses as well. So, you know, we have a lot to look forward to this year. So, you know, since we are in the holiday season, you know, being in this season, what's SDPE going to be doing to celebrate this holiday season. Is there, is there something to celebrate? Well, there's always something to celebrate in my eyes. I mean, just the fact of, you know, even getting together for something as, you know, normal for us as a meeting or an investigation, that's something to celebrate, the fact that we all share that passion. Um, as far as the holiday season's concerned, I pretty much told my guys, you know, let's just take the rest of the year off. You know, they've worked hard, they've earned it, and, you know, this time of year is very stressful for everybody. You know, not only personal, but even in the paranormal. You know, everyone's trying to plan different things, you know, parties, uh, get-togethers, going on vacation, whatever. And I just want to give my guys that break. You know, take away the aspect of SCPE for a little bit. Let them get their break that they have so well-deserved. And hit it hard come January. So now I can't can't deny what's kind of going on right now, and, and there seems to be some division amongst the SDPE <laughs> group. And I don't want to go into it too deeply because I, I understand that, you know, there's, there are people that uh, are listening that, you know, might have some hard feelings one way or the other. And we don't wish anyone any negative feelings. Of course. Um, you know, looking at that, you know, what do you feel about SCPE branching off 
maybe not just from people that leave the team and want to start their own groups. Mm-hmm. Because I, I don't think people realize how much energy and effort is required to go into that. Yeah. Um, but what about you as your group? Do you think spreading out, maybe, you know, kind of going out for a East, East County or North County SDP, a South County SDP, a franchise, so to speak, you know, is that something you might look towards? Well, yeah, that's probably in the future of SDPE. Um, I don't, I can't say it's going to be this year per se, but it is something down the road I wouldn't mind having. Just kind of take the eat off of people, especially travel for my guys. Um, like we did a couple cases up in the LA area, you know, Oceanside or not Oceanside, uh, Long Beach, on up, and it's it's hard. So I mean, yeah, I wouldn't mind that. Um, but as far as you know, my guys branching out or some of my guys, you know, leaving the team or whatever, you know. I want the best for my guys first and foremost. And honestly, if they feel that way and they're, you know, that's, you know, into taking off, if that's where their heart wants to take them, let it take it there. As long as they, it's for a good reason and a good cause, I'll back my guys up 110% either, you know, past or present SDPE members because it, we, we are a family. Is it hard to say goodbye when these situations happen? I mean, I think that I've been doing this for a long time, so for me, I kind of displace myself from the whole situation. Mm-hmm. You know, I tend to be very standoffish making relationships with people and, and groups and tend to focus more on the totality of the paranormal community rather mm-hmm. than one individual instance. You know, how do you feel? I mean, do you get emotionally attached to the people that leave? I, I get emotionally attached to every guy I bring on board or every girl I bring on board, anybody. Um, you know, it is tough, but, you know, the one thing, there's two things I have to understand. First of all, you know, this is a business for me. And just like if you had your own business, you know, you start to get to know your coworkers and your employees. And if somebody's, you know, messing up and you have to make that hard decision, can you make it? You know, that's part of being a founder. You have to understand that, you know, first and foremost, this is business. But, you know, whenever it comes down to it, you know, when my guys, when some of my guys leave or if I have to get rid of somebody, yeah, it hurts. It hurts a lot. And, you know, there's been times to where I've had to get rid of people that it's taken me about a month, month and a half to, you know, say, hey, it's time to go. But it's, it is difficult. But as long as they're doing something positive and, you know, whatever else they do, that's a bonus for me. I do apologize. We have a loud snoring dog <laughs> <laughs> directly behind us. And I see here we have a little over here. So, um, you know, I think that uh, you've done a great job this year. You know, I look at all the other paranormal groups, and you know, I, th- I think there's been success all around the board. Yeah. We have some newcomers out there, the uh, Paranormal Alliance. Mm-hmm. We have um, I can't think of the name of the other group, but what's your name? The one that red eyes on. Uh, Oh, yeah, Terry's team. Terry's team. Yeah, I uh, I don't know why I draw a blank. It escapes me right now. But uh, <laughs> we've got PPI. We have a few other teams in San Diego that are really, you know, doing their thing this year and seem to be firing away. And, you know, I, I'm hoping that the San Diego community starts to be recognized as a serious member of the paranormal community. Mm-hmm. You know, as the East Coast, you probably know, is very full of the oh, yeah. I mean, It's hard to not go to uh, Rhode Island or one of these states and not realize, oh, there's ghost hunters, there's taps. Yep. You know, I'm, I'm hoping, uh, what's your thoughts on that? Do you think that San Diego has the right to be so solid in the paranormal community as well? Well, yeah, I mean, San Diego has a lot of history. I mean, just go to look at the places like Old Town. You know, that has, you know, far back dates, two, you know, 100, 200 years back, and some areas even further. 
So that's just in San Diego alone, in an old town. You know, California and San Diego has a rich history, and I just think we've just found the tip of the iceberg, so to speak, on uh, what's actually going on paranormal-wise in California and even in San Diego County. So it's just a matter of finding the locations, finding, you know, all the reports, because I know there's probably some people out there who have had experiences that have yet to even say anything, because either A, they're too afraid, or two, they don't believe what they saw. So now, you know, just to kind of change the gears, we know, I noticed that in October your team had the meet and greet, which, uh, mm-hmm. by the way, I, I told you earlier was uh, on Channel 10 News. It wasn't a news, top <laughs> news story, but it, it did make it to their uh, to their ads. And, uh, you know, it seemed like a high point for SDP. Yeah. You know, just looking at the web traffic, it was our highest traffic month. Oh, it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, are you going to plan on doing more of those meet and greets to get the community out there and, you know, rally around your team? Oh, absolutely. And... You know, it's not just, you know, the point of rallying around SCPE, but even the fact to have that understanding and that reality that, look, it's not as what you see on TV. Um, and just to get out and have a lot of fun. It's just a night out, free, stuff like that. And, you know, if they want to donate, they can donate, whatever. But, you know, it's just to bring more understanding. And, yes, absolutely, I'm thinking of at least, you know, at least two every couple months to do something, maybe even more. But we'll have to see. So, you know, I, I want to take a moment and remind everyone that we do have a chat room open right now on the main page of the website. Mm-hmm. Just scroll down a couple lines and you'll see that we have a chat pay, uh, chat going on. Uh, you can also reach us here if you'd like to speak to Matt live via his cell phone. You can be on the uh, air as well. And you want to give him the phone number? It's Verizon, first of all. No. <laughs> <laughs> be gentle. No, it's uh, area code 570 Six eight one nine. I also posted a message uh, a little bit earlier in the show with the phone number, just in case you just missed it. And like I said, we are accepting calls, so anytime you want to call in, feel free um, with your questions and or comments. If you're rude, we will. Oh, look, we have a call. Uh, is uh, it a real call or is no? It <laughs> so we'll just go ahead and end that call. This is something else. Okay. Um, <laughs> Well, too bad. Uh, that, that was, was good timing. timing. Wow, that was awesome. <laughs> no coincidences in this world, right? <laughs> so, what do you think about getting on the Star of India? FTP going to do any of these famous haunted locations? I know that you've kind of strayed away from every single one of them so far. Mm-hmm. You know, the Whaley House seems to be off limits. <laughs> haven't touched on the Jefferson Davis House. Haven't touched on you know the La Mesa um, Train Museum area. They have some c- a cemetery back there. Um, these are areas that are you know popping up as possibly haunted and maybe they've been haunted for a long time you know are you planning on doing any historical haunted sites well I would love to um Star of India you know I was on I did a little tour of that actually twice now with my father and the Star of India just has that feeling I mean I can't explain it just you just have that overwhelming feeling of the history on board that ship I would love to get in there with my guys um for an overnight um, another one is the Casa de Estudio right there in Old Town. I would love to get in there too as well. Um, but yeah, any place to me is really open and fair game. Are you planning on writing your memoirs? <laughs> 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 it seems like most paranormal investigators within a year to have to write their own uh, book or something like that. <laughs> and do you feel that that's something that you might look at in the near future? Near future, no, probably not. Um, Maybe later on, maybe once, you know. I mean, we all have to admit it. Eventually, I'll have to get out of this game. But 
you know, maybe later on, but not right now. So we do have guests, excuse me, 3485 wants to know what about some ghosts in Santee. Well, you know, Santee <laughs> does have its ghosts also. We've had, I know the SDP has had several um, strong cases that have come out of that region in the last year. Yep. Um, as well as I know personally from working with the Santee Historical Society that the barn may be on that list of places that's going to be considered highly haunted maybe mm-hmm. one day. Um, but since we only are there one day a week, it's kind of hard for me to say that the place is haunted if you're only there one time a week. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of, you have to go back a couple times, yeah. I think. So, um, yes, I do believe that Santee is haunted, and I do believe that the um, Santee Historical Society Barn will probably prove to be one of the better haunted locations in San Diego in the next four or five years. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm sure there is. I mean, Santee history and stuff like that. I only know a little bit about the area. And, you know, I've heard through hearsay and stuff like that. So, I mean, there's some areas of interest. It's just getting to them and getting permission to get to them. Fair enough. So, uh, I just want to make sure I understand that. So, is San Diego Paranormal going to have a a Christmas party this year? Or are they kind of... The... I don't think it's mine. No, no, I'm not. I mean, I was thinking about it, but, you know, due to scheduling through the guys, you know, it just seemed to be too difficult. So I just told them, you know, like I said earlier, you know, just take it, you know, a couple weeks off. Just relax. What about new equipment for 2013? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I know that that's a, an issue of all interest <laughs> to uh, every San Diego Paranormal team, especially probably Gabby, ex-tech uh, manager. Oh, yeah, I mean... SCP is always looking for equipment, whether it be new, old, used, whatever. We're always looking for equipment, first and foremost. Um, excuse me, there's, you know, we always need, you know, digital recorders and cameras and stuff like that. But I would love to get, you know, a better DVR system. I'd love to get, you know, more thermometers, if you will, ambient temperature thermometers, new EMF meters, um, just a whole variety of different things. Yeah, I, I definitely think that every paranormal team is hoping for Santa to bring them something. <laughs> 16 channel DVR, you know, whatever, whatever Santa wants to bring, be more than acceptable this year. <laughs> Absolutely. What do you think about the overpriced paranormal equipment? You know, we've talked about this a little bit. Yeah. Things like such as the K2 meter, which you know only has probably 30 components on the entire board, which you can buy at Radio Shack for you know less than 30 dollars. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I had this discussion with one of my guys actually the other night, and uh, he was asking me about it. He goes, well, you know, why is it so expensive? And to me, I think it's just the name, to be honest with you. I mean, you can make different things for, you know, you can buy kits for making an EMF meter. You can buy kits for, you know, whatever. And I think it's just the name. Just like if you go to Walmart and you pick up a blue T-shirt, you can get that for 3 bucks. You put a Nike logo on it, you're paying almost 20 bucks for it. So, I mean... Yeah, the, you get what you pay for, but if you want just something real basic, you know, just go with it. You know, go to your, you know, Salvation Army or, you know, Goodwill or AMVETS, go there. Now, I know that when I first started out, the thrift store was one of my uh, favorite go-to locations. I still think that it's a great source for um, equipment that, you know, secondhand, cheaper. And, you know, when you're first starting out, you're not going to go out and buy the most expensive equipment. And if you do, you're probably foolish because it's not the wise thing to do. Mm-hmm. You know, most people that start out in the paranormal community will not last, you know, more than a year. Most yeah. groups that start won't last more than six months. Yeah. I repeat this over and over and over. And, you know, I talk to these groups left and right, and it's so sad to see every year, you know, 
probably a quarter of all the paranormal groups disappear. Their turnover was probably about 75%, 100%. Oh, yeah. So. It has to be somewhere around here. Yeah. Um, no, Gabby, I, uh, kicking C-Mac to this out of the chat room, he's not even interested. I would, but honestly, this program is so inept, it doesn't even have the equipment to do that. That's why, you know, I need to look for some better uh, stuff. This is just impromptu chat room. Mm-hmm. So, what else is going on, Matt? Well, you know, like I said, you know, we're not really doing too much. Um, I do have a couple of interviews coming up, um, investigator interviews. I have that coming down the pipeline. Um, but pretty much just kind of relaxing. Okay, fair enough. I mean, it definitely seems like this end of the year is going to be a quiet one for SDP. Mm-hmm. Kind of usher it in and take a quiet note and then come back and try to hit it strong if I understand what you're saying correctly. Yeah. Um You have no plans of leaving San Diego, right? Well, <laughs> <laughs> we'll, dun, dun, we'll, dun, we'll dun. see what happens. But, I mean, you know, I would like to go back and spend some time in PA and just relax. And How about a hypothetical? Stuff. You leave San Diego. Yeah. Who do you? What happens to SDP? Well, to be honest, that's really up to the guys. It's up to my investigators. Is you know, if they want to keep it going, you know, I'll turn the team over to capable hands. I'm not going to just leave them out hanging out to dry. But, you know, if they just sort of like, well, we can just find other groups or whatever, then by all means, you know, it's up to them. I'm sure you've felt this way before. You know, the frustration in, of leading a team and, you know, have you ever thought about just turning in the badge? Just saying, you know what, I've had enough of this inner conflict. <laughs> I've just had enough of all this insanity. You know, this isn't rocket scientists. We, we should be out here, you know, and helping people out. Do you, you ever just get to that point where you're just done, mentally and physically? Yeah, there's there's been times to where I'm just, well, I was done with it. I mean, it, it gets rough and everything like that, but, you know, I have a great group of guys behind me, and they were all sitting here telling me, you know, we got your back, we got your back, and you just got to know that you got that great group behind you and just kind of grit and bear whatever you're going through and get through it, and that's what I try to do, even though sometimes... You know, it gets to me. You know, I got my personal life, you know, my job, and, you know, whenever you throw this in the mix, you know, I have virtually no free time. I mean, I have hobbies just like everybody else, outside of the paranormal, of course. But when you start a team, you got to understand if you have, you know, another job or even two other jobs, and you have, you know, a spouse or, you know, family or whatever, you have that commitment, too, on top of this team you're trying to run. So it can get frustrating because you don't have that free time. You don't have downtime. You're always doing something. Now, I've, I'm kind of look at you and I kind of mirror you to a, a to a young uh, TAPS member, maybe uh, Jason, Jason Hawes. Hey, there, there goes that line again. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he, he's been one that's been very, you know, outspoken. He started out, you know, basically working full time and then, you know, picking up a camera and, uh, and doing investigation mm-hmm. on his free time. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk about Brian a little bit. I know this is kind of off subject, but it's kind of floating no, around no, my no, head. No. Well, you, you know as well as I do, Dan, we never stick to what we were going to do. <laughs> well, we never even plan what we're going to do. With Ad-lib. Everything's off the hip. Um, one day it won't be, I swear. So if any corporate uh, sponsors <laughs> wish to get a hold of us, we will put our shit together. <laughs> there you go. Um, Part of my language. <laughs> Are we G-rated? Okay, we're I don't G-rated. I don't know. Um, but... Uh, I remember the first couple seasons of Ghost Hunters, and Jason was really hard on Brian. Yeah. I mean, 
does it surprise you now that Brian kind of went off the loose end, it seems like, a little bit, you know? Well, I mean, first of all, whenever, you know, I'm not, I just try not to get sides on anything, but, you know, as a founder, you know, there are some times to where you're going to have to be that, you know, that guy, you know, to get on top of your guys. If they're not doing what you need them to do, well, then, yeah, you're going to have to get on top of them. Um, but, you know, you have to understand, too, that a lot of these people that you bring on board, either, A, they don't have a lot of experience doing it. Number two, they are in it for the wrong reasons. So you have to try to filter that out and, you know, go off of that. Now, as far as Brian's concerned, you know, I'm sure he had every good reason to, you know, I know this one time he had to, he lied to Jason and Grant, and uh, they both got on his case about it. Well, you know, that can be multiple things. That could be the fact that he was trying to protect himself. Now, as I recall, it wasn't just Brian. They had another guy that was their uh, webmaster. Really, I can't think oh, of Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He yeah. was flirting with the girls and not even manning the Well, that, that's different, though. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, do you think it was it's mostly for, for TV? I yeah. Mean, do you think that that first year was them trying to create this interpersonal struggle to, you know, build ratings? I'm create that you know atmosphere where people are going to watch. I'm sure there, that had a little bit to play in it. I mean, I, I can't imagine it didn't. But you know, there's only certain thing. I mean, there's certain ways to tell with you know the human nature. I mean, you can watch those episodes from when stuff like that happened and tell by body language is it real or is it not. I mean, I'm sure there was some things that you know, like I said, were scripted or rumors or whatever, and they just had they just wanted to get the ratings up, but. You know, I'm sure there was some truth behind some of it. I've read before, and I'm sure you've read also, that uh, several members have admitted that they felt that they were pressured into saying things were not quite what they were. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's it's kind of one of those things I know no one wants to really touch because it's they're one of the considered one of the most legitimate paranormal groups. But, yeah. but I also think you have to question everything that you know goes on around. Yeah. Um, it kind of doesn't surprise me a bit with Brian because he seemed like he never really was able to focus on what he had to do, even when he was in Ghost Hunters International. Um, mm-hmm. But I feel bad for the guy, ultimately. I mean, I can just tell you, there was such an outpour of feeling and emotion for this guy that I honestly believe, after what I saw and witnessed firsthand, that mm-hmm. if it hadn't been for him, Taps may not be around right now. Well, heck, uh-oh, we're getting our first call. Okay, I'm going to shut up here. All right, I'll get back to that in a second. Actually, hello? Hey! Hello? Hi! Why don't you just unplug it and we'll talk about it. You can just relate what they're saying. Okay, here we go. Hello? Hey, what's going on? You got a question for us? Uh-oh. I, I could ask you how to use Stern Ghost. Uh, uh, we're not one, um, uh, a technical question, if you will. Go for it. Uh, how come your live web show is not showing up on the site? Uh, that you're going to have to speak with Dan about. I don't know. Is that showing up where? One sec, everybody. Where is it not showing up at?
Okay. This is all part of that fun we were talking about earlier. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> I think he's got it. I thought I heard us in the background. Yeah, I swear I heard us talking. <laughs> there's two buttons. You can. There's one right underneath the the on the main screen. Okay. Are we done with that call? Is that Michael? <laughs> yeah, that's... To everyone who's listening in, this is um, one of my investigators, Michael. Um, he's having some fun times. <laughs> Don't worry, Gabby. Uh, Mac, Mac can read what you're saying. He's got, we both have laptops here. We're both reading at the same time. Uh, uh, you good, brother, then? Do you have a question for us since yeah, you're well, on the line? Do you have any for us? Well, since I'm on the line, I do have one Okay, be gentle. And it's good, it's good more forward now. It's been a thousand and everything. And, you know, everything that goes on behind the scenes, you know, I understand, you know, the investigators don't see it, and I don't see it, maybe that's a fact. But, you know, just... Like, I don't want to know what's kind of scale. Mm-hmm. How is one of the ways that you can, like, I don't know, I can speak, but most things. He's got to turn the volume down real quick, brother, because I, I can barely hear you. It's okay, guys, he's a Marine. <laughs> yeah, so what was the question, brother? Okay, just to verify, how do I spread the word? Like, uh, how do you spread, you know, with everything that you have going on? Uh-huh. Okay, how do you, when it comes to an investigation, Oh, okay, I get what you're saying. Can you repeat the question and let him listen off, off the air? Yeah. So, pretty much what he's asking everybody is, if I got this correct, I took him off speaker. Um, he's trying to ask, how do I spread the word, number one, about clients and different investigations, and how do I pretty much assign tasks to my guys? Correct, brother? Okay, yes, that's what he's saying. That's a great <laughs> question, Michael. Thanks for calling. That, that is awesome. Um, well, first of all, what I do is I always have, you know, a group text always set up for on my phones for, you know, all my investigators. And once I set up, you know, a time and a place for, you know, the clients or a date whenever I know we're going to be investigating, I send everyone a mass text out that tells them all the information they need to know. You know, meeting place, meeting time, stuff like that. <laughs> stuff like that. And then for, let's just say for a client, when we get to the house, everybody, by the time they get there, um, will know the roles because I have what's called a, you know, briefing prior to, 
uh, showing up. And that's whenever I started assigning things like, okay, who's going to grab this? Who's going to take care of that? Here's what's going on. And I pretty much tell them everything they need to know prior to entering the house. Once we get there, everybody knows what they're doing. We get out of the car. I greet the client or whatever, and we just roll. So, all right, we'll talk to you later. <laughs> Bye. Uh, that was my marine buddy. Well, we now, now have one more thing we have to fix. We now have one more thing we need to fix uh, for the next uh, thing, for the next uh, podcast. <laughs> um, our friend, my friend here, Miss Miss L. That's all I'm going to use is the name L. Uh, she's asking about they had a massacre out in El Monte, and she's just making us aware that there was an Indian massacre in El Monte Park. And the area may very well be haunted. Mm-hmm. For those that don't know, I will be going up there this Saturday and doing a partial investigation. I'm not going to say when, where, or anything else. I'll leave it up there. And uh, I'm sure you will not see me because I'll blend into the shadows like a ninja. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we'll find out. We're going to go up there and take a look, you know. And uh, that's all you can do with these locations. Someone says, hey, a place is haunted? Go check it out. See what happens. And you can never tell, you know. Some places you expect nothing and you can catch everything. Yep. Some places you expect everything and you catch nothing. So there was another message up here from Red Eyes Rose. Any suggestions on forums to use to meet and greet fellow investigators? Like I said, I have way too much time on my hands. More of a local area like downtown Mission Hills, just trying to find people to investigate with on a regular basis. I would do it by myself, but I don't know the dangerous and how dangerous and unrecommended it is. Um, uh, which one? Red Eye Bro, that is... Jonah. Jonah. And Jonah, I've talked to Jonah before on San Diego Ghost and Paranormal. Mm-hmm. Um, Jonah, you know, you already know most of the locations. You're, you're on the web a lot, so I know you, you've kind of looked around all these locations and you've been kind of critical of some of the other forums, I think. Um, you know, looking for the big national forums like TAPS and whatnot if you're trying to grab more of a national... You know, repertoire. If you're looking for something more local, you know, San Diego Ghost and Paranormal is the pretty much go-to, you know, largest group in San Diego of paranormal investigators and paranormal enthusiasts. And that's a good starting point, you know. Absolutely. But you really need to put yourself out there. You can't go out there and kind of like, uh, you know, what you put out there is what people are going to respond to. And if you're friendly and kind and cool to everyone, and you're the person like that everyone feels like, hey, this is the right guy, yeah. then you're going to get invited to go to investigation. Mm-hmm. You Absolutely. Know? And, you know, another thing is, too, you know, you know, I know some people have met me and seen me, you know, during sometimes the week, usually at night or, you know, Friday, Saturday nights when even SDPE is out. Just make yourself available. Head out, you know, to Old Town. Somewhere where it's public, it's open, there's lights, and just kind of wander around. You'll eventually see somebody in the paranormal community. Yeah, there's a huge paranormal community in San Diego. I mean, as much as I'm not, and I say it in the nicest possible way, I'm not the biggest (laughs) fan of, you know, overly uh, publicized and, uh, you know, just groups that have you know, claim this and that, you know. I, I believe that the local person, the local group that's got five or six members is just as powerful in the paranormal community, and that dog is about to go. <laughs> Here, I'm going to put this dog out. <laughs> I will. So, but yeah, I mean, if anybody's ever interested in trying to get more involved in the paranormal community, 
you know, I would, like I said, definitely head out during the week um, or weekend and just wander around, you know, places that have lights, um, a lot of traffic, just somewhere where you're not going to be by yourself. Places like Presidio, Pioneer, if you're there by yourself, um, that's dangerous. I mean, I, I never tell my guys to go by themselves. Always take at least two or three people or friends with you, so that way you at least know that you have some backup. Okay, uh, guest 3485. Yes, there's other paranormal groups here in uh, San Diego. There's a lot, actually. Um, it all depends on what you're looking for. If you're looking for you know, a team, a hangout group, whatever, there's always something available. Um, all you have to do is just go online and just look it up. And Dan has returned to saving me from rambling. <laughs> <laughs> what about the other team from SDP? I just heard started South California Paranormal Services or something like that. Well, you know, I actually am, I'm with, I'm kind of uh, helping them also, bridging into the uh, new paranormal community, but I don't yeah. think that that's something that really Matt probably wants to talk about, but I'll ask yeah. him. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, uh, that's just a couple of my guys who, uh, they decided, you know, like I said earlier, you know, guys want to take off and do their own thing. You know, I I backed them up 100%, and that's what they did. You know, they you know, were talking about it a little bit here and there, and then they did it themselves. And, you know, I hope they do well. I really do. But, you know, obviously for this time, you know, SCP was not either a fit for them or they just, you know, had other plans and other arrangements. So, you know, more power to them. They want to start and do their own thing. But, you know, if they are listening, SCP will be here to back you up 110%. And that goes the same for San Diego Haunted. I, you know, I, I know people tend to think that I'm merely associated with just this one group, but uh, San Diego Paranormal. But I deal with a lot of different groups in San Diego in one way or another, and I know a lot of people firsthand. But uh, I think that the more groups, the merrier. But also, we should be, you know, helpful to those groups starting out because one day they might be some, you know, the group go-to group. Yes, hundred percent. It looks like you have a question. Has anyone ever? had residual health problems from doing this type of research? Um, well, bottom line, the possibility, first of all, that's a great question. I get to ask that a lot. You know, yes, the possibility is out there, um, which is why it's always good to go with friends, just in case something does happen. You should always plan for the worst, but hope for the best, obviously. But how often is it? Highly. I mean, I see it maybe once in a great, great while, once every couple months, if not. You know, I've probably seen it about three times a year, and I was just people just being stupid. Yeah, and I would say that um, people that do ha go to really strong, significantly haunted locations, your Bobby Mackey, so to speak. And, oh yeah. You know, and I wasn't really brought in on Bobby Mackey until there's been so many groups that have been there now that just it seems like it's the real deal. Mm -hmm. But um, there's a lot of places such as the what was it the hotel that they filmed The Shining in. Stanley. Stanley. Another one. People people say they get sick there, but yeah. you also got to remember these buildings are old, yeah. and there are significant, you know, asbestos, asbestos <laughs> and God knows what lead, other items it could paint, add electrical. But bottom line is, before you go to any location, do your research. Find out what's there. What you know? What are some issues? You got to really think about it. And you know, just like uh, <laughs> Gabby's giving us a time update. Um, just uh, every time I go out with my guys, I always make sure I know the location very well. So that way I can tell them, okay, well, here's the spots, you know, to stay away from. Here's, you know, I mean, it's everything from 
what may be in the ground, wildlife, uh, homeless walking around, just anything. You know, I mean, you're not going to go into, like, let's say the ghetto, and you're going to send, you know, one investigator down the street, you know, and look at a spot that has, you know, real bad gang activity. You're not going to do stuff like that. So it's good to prepare before you go anywhere. What kind of security? You know, I'm, I'm kind of, I love what you just said, but I'm kind of, I'd like to bridge on that more a little, little bit. Um, security. Do you do you have security? I mean, do what do you do to secure an area? Because obviously you're not going to be running around toting guns and knives. Of course, of course. You know, what do you, can you do to for you know to if you're a new if you're a new paranormal investigator? Yeah. One or two people, you're going out. Yeah. You know, what's your suggestion to stay safe? Well, like I said, first of all, do your research. Know the location. Know the layout of everything. And then you know, another thing too is when you go, do go out. Plan a worst-case scenario plan of attack, an emergency plan. Like, for example, my guys, when we're out investigating like these places like Presidio, stuff like that, all my guys are carry radios with them, or at least a cell phone. And if a certain... Like, we have the, we push the call button whenever something happens. That tone goes off, the radios go silent. The next voice over the radio will be myself finding out what's going on, and then we'll take the steps and precautions from there. Um, always carry a first aid kit around, you know, keep it in your car, um, and just make sure, like I said, you're just planning correctly. And actually, we got two more questions, looks like. Uh, I think we have one. Oh, I heard people get dizzy. Yeah, I'll take yeah. that one. Go ahead, go ahead. I'll take that one. Um, yeah, I've, I've, I've experienced it too. I mean, anything from nausea to dizziness, literally to fainting, to the feeling of someone pushing you gently like a rocking motion of a, being on a boat. Uh, and, of course, the biggest one, you know, when your hair stands on end, you know, that's, those are the signs. Your body reacts to these things even though it can't see what's going on around it. Yeah. And I always say trust your body. If 100%. If your body's telling you something's not right and something's about to happen, generally speaking, <laughs> something probably is about to happen. Some part of you is probably keyed on to what's going on that you can't see. That energy level. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're, we're creatures of energy. We're carbon-based beings, and, you know, we are, you know, energy-based. And obviously anything that, you know, interferes with our energy level is something that we should, you know, we probably would have feelings for, even if we don't see it. Yeah. And then just uh, 3711 asked, how often do paranormal attacks happen to my guys? Um, again, it varies. It can be once a month. It could be once an investigation. It could be once a year. It, it all depends. Every location you go to, first of all, is different. And then the, the places you go to on a regular basis vary each night. It could be really active that night or it could be, you know, excuse the pun, dead. It just really depends. And knowing how to protect yourself through either, I mean, some people are spiritualists. Myself, I'm a Christian. I always say a prayer before I get into any location. So my guys carry different stones on them. Um, it just, it, it all depends on what you're religious background or your belief system is so I mean, that's one way to stay you know safe from the quote unquote paranormal attacks yeah and I think you're right every group has a different methodology and a different you know way of doing things some people have charms some people have you know if they're Wiccan they may have a protection item of protection on them um, definitely uh, something to be cautious of now have I ever seen someone do that not necessarily I, I don't think it the closest I've seen to a possession actually occurred on your team. 
with someone of your team. Uh, you got to refresh my memory on this. DM one. initials DM. Oh. DM. Yeah, we were in the backwoods yeah, of Presidio yeah. Park and. Uh, oh, okay. Yep. Um, and uh, I think that's the closest to a position I've ever seen, and it was very scary for me. I didn't really feel comfortable with being near that person. They're acting in, in a way that was uh, foreign to what I think their normal characteristics were. Yeah, I mean, when someone gets attacked, or even attached, when something attaches itself, you know, as rare as that is, when that does happen, you notice a couple of different physical features. And, you know, it's just knowing and understanding how to react and what to do. The best thing to do if you notice, like, one of your buddies, if you're out and about, you notice something that's odd about the person, the best thing to do is just keep them calm, first and foremost. You don't want to start scaring them. So, uh, let's see. I think I know who this is. SC Paranormal Team. How often do we do co-investigations with other teams? When there's one available. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> yeah, I think you have to have you have to have to a couple uh, investigations under your belt before you do co-investigations, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't that how it works? Yeah. <laughs> South Coast Paranormal Team. <laughs> I think I know who that is. I don't know if I like the SC like that. that South Carolina Paranormal Team? No, I think that's... Is that what it is? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're still here. We're still taking questions. You guys are more than welcome to call us. Our, call, our phone system isn't working out the best, but we yeah. can take the calls, and we can relay them back and forth. Um, you know, we got 11 minutes here. Yeah. Matt, what are you thinking, you know? What's on your mind? Hello. More founder juice, of course, always. <laughs> um, no, just the main thing, guys, is you know safety first and foremost. I mean, I see a lot of questions on you know people getting attacked by the paranormal and stuff like that. You know, you just gotta definitely keep yourself protected. Um, knowing your location, you know, knowing the history, find out the reports, that type of thing. But most importantly, don't go alone. So, I mean, it's. It's just one of those things where it's just proper planning, where it just basically comes down to. But, you know, obviously, you know, you're not going to see what you see on TV or in the movies out there. It's not, you know, the most dangerous thing in the world, but it's not the safest thing either. So, and if you're going by yourself, you know, obviously we give tours um, pretty frequently. So, you know, get in contact with SDP and we'll be more than happy to give a free tour, um, either historical or haunted, and we can take care of you from there. So, yeah, like you said, we uh, plenty of time for more questions. Does anybody have any? You can either text them or on here. Or... Dan, you know that this is Southern California paranormal too. <laughs> yes. yes, I do know. <laughs> I kind of figured. It's going to take some time to get used to. <laughs> I have to add you to the list of 25 other paranormal groups active in San Diego right now. <laughs> Actually, this is a good question from uh, guest. 3485, how do you weed out the fakers? Can you tell? Wow. Well, as far as, are you talking about investigators or are you talking about teams? Um, As far as me personally for investigators, you can tell when someone's BSing you. You know, the stories don't match up. Um, They're sitting here quoting stuff. What's this? Like fake pics or... uh, Oh, fake pics? Okay, okay, I get what you're saying. Um... That actually just takes training and time to learn. I mean, it's going to be pretty obvious. Like, there was this one uh, lady showed me a picture down in Old Town. She caught what she called an orb. Well, 
zoomed in on it and looked at it, and this was on my my phone, looked at it, and you could clearly see wings. I told her, hey, it's more likely a bug or a fly or something like that. And it's just stuff like that to look for. I mean, if you see the a smiley face on it, more than likely it's probably a duck, and it's what's called a major thing. Your mind's seeing what it wants to see. Uh, EVPs, you've got to be real careful with. You know, when you're doing an EVP session, you can't be whispering. You can't, you know, be sitting here thinking and talking to yourself quietly. You've got to be, you know, boisterous about what you're saying. I mean, don't yell, but, you know, talk in a normal tone. And then anything that does happen, as far as, you know, breaking of a branch, if you're out, or you hear a creak or a knock or whatever, make sure you note it. You know, and that way, if you catch a voice, if you... If you catch a voice upon review, that's more likely going to be a good EVP. Rather than if you hear people outside talking and you don't mention it, then you're going to just trick yourself. So just marking everything as far as EVPs is concerned is the easiest way. You know, the biggest enemy of paranormal investigations is the paranormal investigators. And yeah. weeding them out is kind of a double-edged sword because everyone has such a varied degree of what they are willing to accept as paranormal and what is not. There are people that believe specifically that faces and orbs are indeed signs of paranormal activity. Yeah. And just as there are people that believe that they are not signs of paranormal activity. Yeah. I mean, me personally, I, I do believe orbs do have some paranormal to them, just because you don't see them all the time. But just because you, I call, I'm calling this a paranormal, you know, an orb paranormal, does not mean I'm saying it's a spirit, ghost, entity, whatever you want to say. It's just the fact that it's outside normality. That's the basic definition of paranormal. I mean, it's just like, think of it this way, it's the most comical way I can think of. You're walking around the street and E.T. walks across the street. That's not normal. Home, home. <laughs> Apparently he didn't get a, enough money to call home. Tried to call and collect. Um, you, you really honestly, it's not every time are you going to be able to tell the difference. There are yeah. people that are really good at faking the paranormal. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, otherwise, they wouldn't have a show called um, Fact or Fake. That's your words, not mine. I'm just, <laughs> let me make that known right now. What's <laughs> that? I'm just making it known. That those are your words. About Fact or Fake? Yeah. Uh, yeah, they wouldn't have a TV show if there, weren't, if there wasn't uh, people that went out there and were really good at faking things. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's just something you have to take into consideration every single time. But, you know... If it looks too good to be true, and it sounds too good to be true, and, you know, everything's telling you that, you know, it's too good to be true, guess what? It usually is. Yep. 100%. So, let's see. Ghost and a person is tricking you. Okay. That's a good one, too. And, you know, how, I guess the 3485 again asked, you know, how can you tell the difference between a ghost EVP or a person tricking you? Well... To be honest, that's all part of who you're with. You know, I mean, me as a founder, I trust my guys. So if I have a couple guys in the house or wherever doing an EVP session. I'm going to trust the fact that they're not going to sit there and start whispering into the microphone. Or they're not going to, you know, do stuff like that. Because that, to me, just loses credibility for yourself and the team. So, Well, and it also will become evident. If the same person on every investigation has an experience, guess what? and no one else does, guess what? <laughs> Chances are either that person has some supernatural psychic ability unknown to man or that person is faking and you yeah. have to choose, you know, what's the more likely of the two situations, mm -hmm. you know, and the bottom line is, you know, you probably they're faking, you know. 100%. But uh, there's always going to be people that want to exaggerate the paranormal. 
100%. And there's always going to be people that want to deny the paranormal. And it's just finding that medium. I mean, if you're looking for, like, if you have somebody in your family or friend circle that is having issues at the house or whatever, you want to find the most legit team possible to help them out. Just like, you know, if you have an electrical problem, you're not calling the plumber. You know, you want people who know what they're doing, who understand what they're doing, and have great credibility. And to be honest, it's just a, you know, a call on your part. You know, you got to do your research on the team and the people you're investigating with. I mean, you know, obviously you don't want people out there that are just going to go out there and, you know, joke around and have fun, but at the same time, you don't want people that are going to over-exaggerate it. Yeah, I, I think that you're right. The medium is what you're looking for because there's such a gap between one side and the other, you know. Um, Oh, we're down to the last three minutes. Dun, dun, dun. And I think we have our last two questions, too. <laughs> Luna, Why is Matt the most awesome leader of SDPE? Oh, that's not on there. Oh, wait. Sorry. That's on there. <laughs> Hold on a second. Oh, that's on his notes. Dan's writing in his journal, guys. Um, <laughs> Luna asks, what's the best way to set up an EVP session? That's a good question. The way I tell my guys to set it up is, first of all, before you even turn the recorder on, say you go to, oh, I like using Presidio as a good good starting point you go sit somewhere and you just before you even turn the recorder on sit and listen to your background noises first of all is there cars going by is there people walking around is there this and that going on are you close to an airport are you close to a train station and just get to know everything and once you figure out what all your background noises are that's when you turn on the recorder make sure you're saying who's all with you what the date is what the time is and then just do your background say, okay, well, just to let you know, a note on EVP, there's a train station down the street here, there's a possibility of a train coming in, there's an airport right here, there's this, there's that. So that way, whenever something like that does happen, you know what to listen for and what not to listen for. Yeah, well said, well said. Was there another question on Yeah, what was the, uh, guess 3485, what is the craziest thing that has ever happened to you? It's happened to you that you still trip over? Oh, that's a good one. Oh, wow. Um, let's see. I think the craziest thing well, that's ever happened to me, um, actually, not a lot of my, my buddies know this one on the team, so if my team's listening, you guys are hearing this for the first time, too. Um, I was actually over at Pioneer. This one night, we ha- I was with uh, a couple of my buddies, and we were over by, you know where the headstones are, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we were down there, and uh, I was standing on the backside and more towards the ravine, and we kept hearing what sounded like an animal. So I took my flashlight at the time, I just had a little LED thing, and I looked, and I saw these two bluish-green eyes reflecting back at me. That made me stop. And this, these were only about, maybe about a foot or two off the ground, and it was walking, coming up the hill, and it just froze. First thought, it was, you know, some kind of animal, raccoon, whatever. And then all of a sudden, I see this black shape just kind of turn, and the eyes went away. And I thought, huh, that's definitely probably a raccoon. Well, I turned around for a sec, talked to my buddy. I was like, did you guys see that? Well, they shot their flashlights over. We looked back, and all of a sudden, these eyes are in the same area, but they're three feet off the ground. So they're standing, you know, about another two feet higher to where they were. That's insane. And there was <laughs> no bodies. We couldn't see anything. So 
at that point, everyone's like, all my buddies are like, dude, let's go, let's go, let's go. I'm like, no, I'm going to check this out. My guys, you know, know me. I run after everything. So you know, I, I don't want to. I don't want to take the last question. I actually, I'm going to take five extra minutes of our time, and if people want to sign off, that's fine. Yeah. But I do have one last thing. One thing that uh, I'd like to know as we go into 2013. The biggest thing that challenge that I've noticed with SDP is probably people coming through and doing evidence review yeah. with the same vigor and tenacity that they had when they went out on these investigations. And you and a handful of other people are left to go through hours and hours of monotonous yeah. you know, evidence review, and they don't pull their fair share of the weight. Um, what can you do to change that in 2013? Because I think that that's one of the biggest things for SDPE moving forward. Yeah. You know, what can you do to make 2013 a year where that doesn't happen? Well, it's going to change. Um, I know I told my guys before, you know, after an investigation, more importantly, the clients, that whoever's available come over and help out with evidence review. Well, now it's not going to be like that. You know, one of the new things I'm going to start implementing is, hey, look, whenever I say there's a client, say we do it on a Saturday night, well, guess what? Sundays, we're going to be doing evidence review. It's not, I'm not going to say whoever's available. Whoever, if you go to the investigation, guess what? You're going to do evidence review. That's the way it's going to work. And everything's going to be split up. You know, some of the guys do video, some of the guys do audio, some of the guys, you know, go through pictures, go over, you know, we have a base log of everything that's ever happened. You know, we're going to go over every bit of it. And then I want to get it done within 48 hours of doing the actual case. And if there's anything left over come Monday morning, well, then, you know, me and whoever will be available because obviously people have jobs, you know, we'll, they'll take care of that. We'll all take care of it, you know, real quick. And that way by the next week, you know, we're able to talk to the clients. <laughs> Someone wants to make a social epitaph of uh, <laughs> the okay. makeup of male to female ratio of the team members. <laughs> I would suggest you look at TAPS also and several other paranormal groups. Women do tend to be the more frequented people involved in the paranormal. Just so you know, you can go out there and <laughs> take a look at most paranormal groups and you will see that there are, in fact, more women on this earth than there are men. So Absolutely. The odds are always in more in favor of female versus male. And by the way, whenever I say my guys, I mean every member of SDPE, male and female. It's just an East Coast thing. Yeah, I, I don't think that this is nothing to break bread about. I don't think that there's any derogatory mention one way or the no, other no, here. No, no, no. And it should not be taken that way. Yeah. And actually, if we have... Actually, I do have... Uh, there is one question on here I really want yeah, to... Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Um, when and how do you present to a client if a place is or is not haunted? Actually, that's a good question because that, if you're going to start a team or if you're going to be a part of a team, you need to know this. You know, the one thing you have to do is reassure these clients that it's either A, taken care of or B, you're going to take care of it and make sure they know their options. Now, if a place isn't haunted and they want it to be, you just got to be honest with them say, hey, look, you know, we didn't catch anything, you know, we didn't catch enough to say that this is this or this is that, and either A, ask them for a second one or the second investigation or just tell them straight out, you know, hey, look, we didn't find anything, so, you know, just tell them some advice. If you're hearing stuff again, here's what you can do. Turn on a recorder, start talking, whatever. Now, if it is haunted, 
you know, obviously you have to double check your evidence just to make sure because you don't want to get their hopes up. Do you think they're writing this down while you're... I probably... No. If it's any you of my guys, guys, no. You guys should be taking <laughs> notes right now. <laughs> if there's anybody SDPE-wise on this little uh, conversation, you might want to be writing this down, helping out with the meeting. Um, but if it is if it is haunted, you know, some people are scared. You know, they're afraid. They don't know. You just got to reassure them and let them know, look, there's either nothing here that's going to hurt you. Here's the positive part. Here's the negative part. You know, how do you want to take care of this? So probably it would not be a good idea to, if you're investigating a little girl's room where, like, she says there's someone underneath the bed, it's probably not a good idea to scare her by hiding something under the bed that looks like a ghost. Or uh, <laughs> putting, a, putting a mask on and yeah. hiding underneath to wait for her to come to bed and start shaking. That's so probably a bad idea, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're just about here, guys. This is We're five minutes after. Is there anything else you want to say here, Matt? Well, I'm good. Last chance for everybody else. Yeah, this is the end of the year. We might not be here next year, you know, past the 21st. Uh, if we are, hey... Yes, you can sign up for our newsletter online if you go to where it says, I think, newsletter right above you somewhere. Yep, go right to the top menu and you'll see newsletters. Yep. So I'd like to thank Matt and everyone else that listened tonight. This is the end of the year for uh, San Diego Haunted's uh, interviewing, I guess you'd say, podcasting. That works. And uh, we'll see how next year comes out and see what other guests we're going to have. We're not always going to be... Just Matthew Barron. Oh, darn. Yes, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) There are uh, other opportunities for other people in the paranormal community that want to come down here and chat on on this podcast. Um, I'd like to thank everyone out there, and everyone have a blessed 12-12-12. Have a great holiday, guys. And for that, I am signing off.